You will be shocked to see what video is trending top five on YouTube today. Why are you lonely and how to make friends? Addressing some of the post-pandemic fallout that millennials and Gen Z are experiencing after being locked down and isolated. The negative health consequences of not having friends and what that does to our brain chemistry. The extended quarantine and isolation and why a lot of young people are experiencing astronomical rates of depression and anxiety. But on this video, we're going to be looking at why many of us feel lonely and how to make better friends. And specifically, looking at what the ancient scriptures and Jesus himself had to say about friendship. Bruce Lawn. We know based on the very beginning Genesis account of man and woman that it is not good for man to be alone. And I think if we examine what's happening in our society today, there's a lot of tension in terms of relationships, people getting back into maybe in-person gatherings, so on and so forth. And the video I want to look at today, I think kind of speaks to the very practical side of that, but I also have few passages of scripture and one very, very, very practical point that will instantly make you a more friendly person and by proxy extend your friend network. So let's jump into this video. This is called Why Are You Lonely and How to Make Friends? This is the number five trending video on YouTube, meaning that this is speaking to a felt need a lot of people have and maybe we're not speaking about this enough as followers of Jesus. Check this out. Many people want more close friends but don't know how to get them. Surprisingly, nowadays, loneliness is highest among young people, whose relationships were also hit especially hard by the global pandemic. Social distancing stopped teens and young adults from mingling in classrooms, clubs, or dorms. Millions of friendships, maybe lifelong friendships, that might have blossomed will never exist, mm. with profound long-term consequences for our collective happiness. This is something I think most folks did not consider regarding the lockdowns is the negative consequences is sometimes when the medicine is worse than what it is attempting to treat and that's what happened and so the negative consequences of lockdown has disconnected a lot of young people who were already struggling with higher degrees of social anxiety who are already struggling by being on their devices and their phones too much now this is all becoming to blossom and people are having trouble readjusting and there's negative consequences to that on our brain the good news is that it's not too late and there are lots of friends to be found as with all important things in life making friends is infuriatingly simple but not necessarily easy simple but not easy we talk about this on the channel all the time most things that will help you thrive help you flourish help you live life abundantly are simple but not easy making friends is simple but not easy getting fit is simple but not easy developing a stable marriage is simple but not easy. Being useful to your employer is simple, but not easy. Building a business is simple, but not easy. Let's keep going. But it works through a few pretty straightforward mechanisms. The most important thing about making friends. People make friends with other people when they spend casual time together. Mm. This is how our ancestors formed their relationships because humans lived in small, close-knit communities in which options for making friends were limited, so we just formed good relationships with the people who were around us. This is why it's so easy to form new friendships in school and university. Society locks you and your peers in a building for several years. You share similar activities, but more importantly, similar schedules. Oh. You don't think about how basic this is, do you? How simple proximity is towards developing friendships and sometimes more than friendships. When you are in proximity with people, 
when it's forced, when you're in school, when you're at work, when you're at church, when you're filling a blank, it forces you to be around people that you normally wouldn't be around. And that is probably the number one variable of friendships. It's just simply proximity around people. That went away. We're dealing with it now. Let's keep watching. Lapping and fluctuating social circles form, naturally giving you regular FaceTime and shared experiences with many different people. Time to find others with similar worldviews or senses of humor. Proximity can be more important than similar interests. One study he said proximity can be more important than similar interest. We're going to come back to this in a little bit. And that in student dormitories, the distance between rooms was the strongest friendship predictor. Living closer together meant a higher chance of becoming friends. Another study showed that being physically present in a class a lot without saying a word makes others more sympathetic to you. So the most important principle of making friends is to regularly spend time with people in the real world. This alone can make it happen automatically and trumps all other advice. Why we don't have enough friends. The main reason for a lack of friendships is the simple fact that most people don't prioritize friendships nearly enough. They don't realize until it's too late that retaining friendships demands regular energy and attention. Most people don't prioritize friendships enough. This is true for everything else. Most people don't prioritize their relationship with God enough. They don't prioritize their spouse enough. They don't prioritize their health enough. Why? Because you think that you can coast through life. You think that you can hit it autopilot and everything will just sustain. Well, the truth is most things in life, you're either being active or you're being reactive. And a lot of times when you're being reactive, that means you're regressing. So are you being progressive in your relationships, and I don't mean progressive like politically speaking, I mean progressive as in pressing into relationships, or are you trying to put things in cruise control and then when things don't go the way you want, all of a sudden you're regressing, so therefore you're being reactive. Something to think about. Although they are so important for happiness, friends often take a back seat to other life decisions. Mm. Work, commuting, romance, or kids take up so much time and energy that it's so much easier to crash on your couch and lose yourself in mindless activities. Especially as an adult, going for a bike ride, getting dinner, or visiting a hobby store takes much more mental effort and commitment than it did after school when time ran slower and energy and curiosity were abundant. Hmm. But it's not just adults who are too busy for friends. The average American teenager spends more time on TikTok every day than socializing at parties, events, or on the phone with friends combined. This is going to hit the next generation way harder. I'm just telling you guys this right now. The fact that they're spending more time on TikTok than all these other activities that a lot of us grew up doing, like going outside, hanging out with friends, riding our bikes. This is, this is, going, to, this is going to have a ripple effect on society bigger than we're even experiencing right now. Established friendships don't require the same time investment as early friendships to keep up, but they do require some commitment. As life distracts you, it's easy to skip out on checking in when a friend goes through exciting or depressing times. And so many friendships fade for lack of attention, often by accident. Which is extra tragic because there is never only one person losing a friend, it's always at least two. Another thing that makes many people vulnerable is the way friendship networks are structured. The friendship paradox is the phenomenon that on average, most people have fewer friends than their friends. Which makes sense since you're more likely to be friends with someone who has many friends than with someone who has few. That's kind of a trip if you think about it. Rather than being densely interconnected, friend networks are often built around central hubs. So, hmm. if central people disappear from your life, this can deprive you of many connections at once. And it we call these folks the connectors, the, f the folks that are connected with a gang of other people, right? And they end up connecting you with other people. You ever know someone that 
you you initially meet them, but it's not the relationship with them that you find the most fulfilling. It's actually who they connect with, connect you with, and then the people they connect you with, you end up having more flourishing relationships, and they don't even feel any way about it because they know that their role is to be a connector. There's way more tension with people, friendships, being alone, feeling lonely. And the beautiful part about the scriptures is that they actually address a lot of this. Let me read you guys a couple verses. This is from Ecclesiastes. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. It's mathematical sense, right? If either of them fall down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then it says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We know that Proverbs tells us, this is Proverbs uh, chapter uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. At the end, you will be ca- counted among the wise. So how do you receive advice? How do you get discipline? Why? How? Through people who are usually smarter than you. Maybe they're your friends. Maybe your friends who are they're your mentors, so on and so forth, right? Here's another one. We know this one, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. Some of you guys may not know this, but if you take the five people closest to you and you add up their individual individual incomes and you average that out, the five people closest to you, their average income is going to be relatively close to what your average income is. And I would venture off to say this is going to be true for their marital status, how consent they are in their marriage, how how much money they're making, how, how fit they are, if they go to church regularly, if they take their relationship with Jesus seriously. The five people closest to you are going to determine who you are. And if you don't have access to great people, Sometimes that can have a negative impact on you, right? And so I'm going to get to one one very simple hack that you could implement immediately to make you more friendly, okay? There's actually two, but we'll just call it one for the sake of this video. Let's go to John chapter 13, verse 34. We know Jesus spoke a lot about friendship, but in a way that it was a command. Verse 13, excuse me, chapter 13, uh, verse 34 and 35, Jesus says, A new command I give to you, okay, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you may also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So, as the church, we are to come together and love one another. Not just, hey, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Yes, do that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, do that. But Jesus, a new command I give you, that you are to love one another. Who? Who's you? The disciples. We are Followers of Jesus, disciples, we, we are to love one another the way that Jesus loves us. And this is the beautiful part about church community. And this is the part where I encourage you guys all the time, hey, get back into a local church. Get plugged in. There's no such thing as a perfect church. But there are a lot of healthy churches out there. And there's a lot of friends of the channel that have awesome churches. And I'll shout a couple out. My buddy Kirk Kennedy. If you're in the D.C. area, look up Pastor Kirk Kennedy. If you're in the Phoenix area, look up my brother Trey Van Camp. If you're in the Atlanta area, look up Blueprint Church. My brother Shobaraka just planted his own campus with Blueprint Church. There are so many solid pastors out there. If you're in Southern California, I go to a church called The Movement in San Marcos. If you're in Oceanside, there's a church called Rhythm Church. My buddy Jeff Morris. There's a lot of really good churches out there. If you're not in a church, please, I implore you, get in a church, okay? Let's go to one last passage, and I'm going to give you guys one last hack to kind of summarize all this from a very practical standpoint. You guys know I believe the church, the local church is super important, but 
I believe that there's even something simpler you can do in your interactions with people that will instantly make you more likable and more friendly, okay? This is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And this is Peter writing. This is towards the end of Peter's book. This is Peter. You know Peter, the, the, the guy who walked with Jesus, right? Uh, Peter says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. So that there be an earnestness the way we love one another, right? Since love covers a multitude of sins, okay? Love covers a multitude of sins, meaning that if you love one another, you're going to persevere with people, right? Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. That's such a beautiful passage. And if I'm honest with you guys, I had a very strong, tight-knit friendship in a Monday night Bible study because we did things around regular gatherings. And to me, that's the beautiful part about getting into a local church is there can be that consistency on a Sunday morning and then hopefully you take the next step, take a course, get into a small group. And we have this men's group for years. It was for decades. We'd meet on Monday nights, right? And then as I grew up and started going on tour and being busy, that kind of faded. And, and then we got back to doing something similar at one of my friends' house and then the pandemic started and then we met outside and it was like really cold and I'm going through this in real time with you guys. I'm looking at ways to how can I rebuild that consistency. I'm in a virtual group once a week through prayer, like a prayer group. We call it the Christian Illuminati. Don't come from my neck. It's a joke. But if you want to learn more about that group, you can check out my interview with Ryan Panita. I'll try to pin it up here. But um, I'm working on, in my personal life, we're hoping to get a bigger home. We're hoping to get a, a home where we can gather folks inside of our home. We could do regular barbecues. We get together. Something we used to do about 10 years ago is get together and watch the fights regularly. And I know some of you guys are like, well, you get together. Guys tend to love to do stuff shoulder to shoulder. So we tend to be friends with who we work with. But if we have that consistency in our relationships, they tend to thrive. So we would get together and watch the fights. And I wasn't even that into UFC, but I became into it because all all my buddies were into it, right? And so you could build this around church. You could build this around so many different things, but please build it. And so here's the one hack, one hack. And I really hope you take this hack to heart to be more friendly. Here's one thing all of us can do. And I had to learn this the hard way. All you have to do to instantly appear more friendly. And I promise you, this will give you favor in building relationships is learn to ask good questions. Learn to ask good questions. Seldom do people get to talk about what it is they're going through. Seldom do people really get to open up. And the truth is, all of us like to be asked, how are you doing? What is going up? We also like to ask things about ourselves. What are you into? Where'd you grow up? Tell me more about your story, so on and so forth, right? And generally speaking, if you could be the person that's not threatened or weird or combative or self-centered in an exchange and you're willing to ask questions, genuine questions out of curiosity, usually it's reciprocated. And the more those things are reciprocated and you're willing to ask just simple questions, and then they ask you questions, the faster that those relationships will form. So if you're in, a, in an area where you're like, man, I don't even know, I have social anxiety, I don't know what to do, have a couple questions to ask. Start with their name. <laughs> Introduce yourself, right? Then start asking questions, hey, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? Right? Tell me more about yourself. What do you think about that? Right? And just asking questions, letting people talk, because people love to talk about themselves, right? But it's a simple hack that you can do to let 
people feel comfortable around you. And I promise you, if you implement this and you learn to ask good questions, it'll instantly make you more friendly. And obviously, you'll develop more friendships as a byproduct of that. So hopefully, this video is helpful to you. If you enjoyed this video, I got one request for you. Everybody over here, guys, we got a second channel, Diverse Content. In-person studio guest. It's called Bless God Studios. It's blowing up right now. If you could do me a solid, go over here, subscribe to that channel. I would really appreciate it. That would mean the world to me. I'll see you over there, all right? Peace.